your home for Milwaukee Brewers baseball is 95.3 WBEV, powered by Daily Dodge. The following program is a paid presentation. The views and opinions expressed are not necessarily those of Good Karma Brands, its management, or employees. Sleigh bells ring. Are you listening? In the lane, snow is glistening. A beautiful sight. We're happy tonight. Walking in a winter wonderland. Gone away is a bluebird. Here to stay is a new bed. He sings a love song as we go along. Walking in a winter wonderland. 1110 at 95.3 WBEV, powered by Daily Dodge, the WBEV. 11 o'clock hour right now. We are proud to bring in Mark DiStefano, superintendent of the Beaver Dam Unified School District. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Wade? Good. Now, my question is, tell me the artists for that version of Winter Wonderland. Hmm. Well, it's it, it felt a little Billy Joel-esque, but I don't know. Uh, that would be Neil Diamond. Yeah, that would be Billy Joel-esque, would it not? <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> Because how many ver- not enough piano for Billy, I guess. How many versions of Winter Wonderland do you think we have in our library? Uh, I'm going to go with 37. 32. That's a pretty good guess. Better than the artist who sang it. That yes. Was- so I, I could have gone with Chet Adkins. I could have gone with Andy Williams. The Arrhythmics. William Shatner would have probably been a better oh, one. Huh? Very nice. Oh, yeah, very nice. It was kind of a slushy Winter Wonderland today. Oh, beautiful snowfall this morning. was. Woke up in the middle of the night to let my dog out, and I saw on the back of the deck that I had like two or three inches, but it was it was kind of a wet, slushy snow. It okay. was. It was. It was great for bus travel. Okay. So anytime it's wet and heavy and really three inches or less, it's 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 good for the buses if the roads aren't even cleared. They tend to, to grip well on that. But yeah, it was not fun to move, Wade. It wasn't okay. fun to move by hand in particular, but... Mine will be done about 12.15 this afternoon as soon as we're done here talking. Yeah, but you're going to want to do it before the temperatures cool off because then it's going to be near impossible. Yep. Well, I, I couldn't get there this morning, you know, because I, I get up early enough and I, I'm that guy where I don't know how my neighbors, like Randy Streblow on one side, Rob Rybrandt and James, if I start snow blowing at like three in the morning, mm-hmm. how would you feel, Mark? If I knew that you were getting up early to provide a service to our community, I'd probably get over it. <laughs> okay. But... I, I think Randy would. I don't know about your other neighbors. Okay, so so we have that, but you know, I'm going to ask this question off the off the bat too because you did have some some delays for some people, and we always refresh people's memories <laughs> on how how it is decided in districts if you're going to have school or not. Because Madison area, it's like we decided this morning that in Dane County there must have been a superintendent's convention last night where they uh, they were all out late. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't want to. No. I don't want to judge them, and certainly no. uh, I've made calls that probably were far from perfect, but. Mm-hmm. You know, it really comes down to the the road safety and and our interpretation of where things are at. Um, you know, are we do we have enough time when the snowfall ends for things to get cleared? One of the things that we have to also consider that a lot of districts don't is the sidewalks because we have a lot of students that walk, and there's a lot of school districts that don't have a lot of students that walk. But because of our proximity and some of the neighborhood school model. Uh, we have a lot more students who um, who are using the sidewalks. So temperature plays into it, too. Is the salt going to work? Um, you know, they can clear it, but is it going to be icy, wind? So all those factors that people talk about, 
Um, and then how, how is it being, you know, diagnosed by the experts? Is it a winter weather advisory? Um, if it's an advisory, then, you know, we're, we're leaning towards certain things. Potentially, if it's a warning, we're usually almost always going to close um, those types of things. So we talk through it. There's a number of different people that I talk to locally. And then also we do collaborate as, as area superintendents. And just to garner some context, because with 112 square miles in our district, um, and nine different, you know, municipalities or townships represented, the conditions aren't the same. Like the conditions by you are not the same as uh, some of the conditions in the Calamus area, for example, or out by Trenton. Um, so we have to take all that context in and then usually go for a drive. And then my goal if I, when I go for a drive is always not to get stuck. Mm-hmm. You know, so if I get stuck, it's usually a key indicator we <laughs> probably call the day. So. Sure, and, and every district looks is looking out for the best interest of their students and staff. Mm-hmm. So you, like you said, you can't question district's decisions if they decide yeah. to cancel school if, or delay because yeah. they're looking out for in their specific area. Yep, and I think one of the things that, you know, might be playing in, and I, I can't say this for certain by any means, um, but, you know, there are unique staffing challenges for our partners that help pave the way for us to have a safe start to the day, right? So, you know, I don't know in those different municipalities or different districts, you know, maybe maybe they had uh, uh, snowplow drivers that aren't available too. So if they're not going to be able to to kind of pave that way for safe routes, they might have to take those types of things into consideration. And, and it was really unique if you looked at I always go to the um, NWS, uh, the government site, to get the snowfall totals. We were in that t- basically two-inch band. Mm-hmm. You didn't have to go too far to the west, too far to the south, or too far to the north to double that. But where we were in our district boundary, generally speaking, it was about two inches of slush snow, and um, you know we, we were able to get things cleared off. and and um, get everybody here safely. That's or, always our goal. I'm always glad when our kids get an extra day of being educated. So uh, you're not an extra day, but you don't yeah. lose a day of being educated. So we have that now. You know, head- one, one thing, but just before you jump to one thing I want to reiterate, and we do this every year, and we send out communication to our families, generally speaking, like they understand kind of what goes into it when we make a weather call. But we, we very much respect and revere the decisions our parents are going to make. And when it comes to this type of thing, um, when there is inclement weather, Sometimes we're going to make a call um, to to be open, and people might be nervous, or their individual circumstances they they might feel great reservation about sending their child. They can make that call. They can decide that they want to have their child stay home. They definitely have to call their child in, um, but we respect that, and people don't abuse that here. And people understand that, you know, depending on where you live, if you've got a half a mile long driveway out in the country. Um, in, in the given circumstances, you might decide that you're going to keep your child home, and you get to decide that as a parent. We respect that. Okay, so again, you, you make parent make can make the final decision. Absolutely. So we got the nice winter snow. Carl Klopotic has guaranteed us a, a, a white, white Christmas mm-hmm. now, which is good, which is always, which is always a positive. But you know, we're heading down the home stretch. You know, we still got a while left till the semester is over. But uh, we're heading down the home stretch of the, the pre-holiday, I guess you can say. Yeah, a week. So you got about a week left, and there's a, a lot going on with your staff and your students as we get ready for you know the Christmas break. Yeah, it's a, it's a really unique and, and special time. You think about it. I mean, our staff and our, they're they're humans. They've got a lot going on outside of outside of their work experience, just like we all do, and gearing up for all that holiday excitement and all the stressors that come along with that. But I really want to recognize them for kind of really keeping the focus, right? I mean, we're we're charged with moving the needle academically, and there's a lot of work that's being done in our buildings each and every day, and our staff, our center, on on making that focus. Um, 
be what it needs to so we can actualize our goals. So um, hats off to them for, for keeping that focus in the classroom. I think, you know, our kids too, um, the stuff that they're involved in this time of year, it's, it's, it's really nice and it's wonderful. A lot of different things community can come out and, and be a part of. Um, and um, I think about like music and I think about concerts and the, our staff put on wonderful concerts with our kids and families get to come, parents, grandparents, and see their kids perform. Um, just a wonderful job with music concerts this time of year. Um, it's just awesome. So a, a lot to celebrate, a lot of hard work, and, and really um, it, it can be hard. And I know our staff are very deliberate on just keeping that focus um, academically for our kids. So hats off to them. I did want to um, make a, a shout out. I think you referenced it. I don't recall, but uh, Carmen Scott was recognized as a, a coach of the year in swimming. Like that's that's huge for our swimming program. It's it very is. very special. I'm gonna have something writ- written up later this week that's gonna post. But yeah, we talked about it earlier this week. Uh, you know, the, the girls' swimming program they unfortunately lost their coach like the day before the season was supposed to start because yeah. of various things that happened. But Carmen, who not traditionally isn't traditionally a, a she's been a coach but not necessarily a swimming coach Correct. stepped to the plate mm-hmm. and said I will do what we need to do to keep the season going and I know they've added mm-hmm. swimmers during the year and uh, and it was huge for uh, for the school and the, the student athletes and just the kids in general yeah it was really really special really unbelievable and um, you know not uh, having been in a, a, a similar situation several several years ago um, I, I can appreciate um, the amount that she took on emotionally and mentally to, to really advocate and champion for the kids in the program. Um, and uh, she, she deserves a great deal of respect and kudos because that is, that's really special. I'm glad that she received that award. And I know Ryan Gerber, our, our AD, was very pleased uh, to hear about that. And um, is working with her in that program to help uh, support its progress moving forward. You know, one of the, the programs when it comes to swimming, I mean, I've seen it in you know, the youth programs across the board. When through the pandemic, that may have been the one sport that the numbers kind of, they, they leveled off a little bit, not just here, but like everywhere. I was talking to friends that are involved in swimming and their kids, and they said just because, yeah, like a really a two-year window where yeah. it kind of, you know, at, the, at, that, at that level, even the youth level, because swimming lessons weren't going on, and then and it disappeared. So now... The fact that she was able to step up with the swimmers and getting some help, you know, with some other people, keep it going, and now you can start rebuilding that program, which you know is a it's a great asset to have. It is good. Hey, it is very good. You know, you mentioned uh, arts and fine arts last night at the middle school. They had the vintage holiday concert and you know fine arts and concert series last night. It was awesome just being out there and seeing the different, whether it be the uh, the orchestra. The band, you had art projects that kids have done, and people dressed in period time, wandering the middle school. Another great event put on by the students and staff. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. And our staff are so creative, and our kids really enjoy that. And it's an opportunity for them to come together, and it helps build culture um, and community of the school academically. So I think you know people think about these things, and we talk about these extracurriculars or these co-curriculars. It's really part of the fabric of that core kind of academic culture and climate too and it's an extension of that and it, and it helps bring this connectedness to the experience for our kids and our staff and and the community loves it right yeah. and that's really important for us to be able to offer um, and expose our community to things that that they believe really adds value to their experience here in Beaverdam yeah, you know I you know I know and I know that I'm guilty of talking a lot about athletics you know and things like that but when it comes to our arts programs in the Beaver Dam Unified School District, you know, instructors all through this, because we have the best of the best when it comes to, you know, plays and, and the it's unbelievable the, the stuff that, that the people are producing here, the art projects and things, it's awesome. Yeah, it's unbelievable. And as a whole community, you take that and then you can extend that out into, um, you know, BDACT and the other things that happen in our community for, for a town 
our size to have what we have um, in the schools proper and then in the community, it really is a, a unique and special niche. And I think people do a good job of celebrating it and um, really, really appreciative for everything that's going on there. Yeah. You know, it has been, has been a good start, um, has been a good start to those kind of the, the, the winter seasons, both um, athletically and uh, from a co-curricular standpoint, some of our clubs. I know you know, in November, our clubs get together and, and NHS, um, you know, hosts the Veterans Day. I think that's kind of the kickoff for me, um, you know, that early November, mid-November, rather, um, kind of pre-Thanksgiving, those types of events. A number of our clubs do a lot of outreach, food drives. They partner with our social workers, our PPS staff, who do a wonderful job of of helping come together to add value for our community and support those who are less fortunate. And then, as you know, um, a number of our programs are off to really, really good competitive starts, which is great. Uh, positive reflection of, you know, kids' commitment, um, good quality characteristics, team building, coaching quality, um, wrestling, I think of. I think of girls' basketball, it's kind of the as per usual. And then, you know, even hockey. So some really good things for people to get out and experience. Um yeah. And, and be able to celebrate. You know, you're right. You know, you look at some of the winter sports programs. I think a lot of the winter sports programs, you know, had had question marks going in. You know, uh, Beaver Dam girls basketball had a couple injuries they were dealing with. The mm-hmm. boys were young. They've gotten off the great starts. Boys hockey, you know, their you know their numbers down a little bit, but Doug Craft squad is, is playing hard, and uh, the girls hockey team is you know starting to see some uh, some some upswing in what they're doing. You know, mm-hmm. Coach Kayla Murray stepped up as a co-head coach this year, and she's doing a lot of great things with uh, you know staff. So it's kind of it's kind of fun to go and watch. And you know, Tim Winkers wrestling, a big Wickersham this weekend. Yeah. Uh, they had a solid performance in the opener, and we appreciate Athletic Director Ryan Gerber for stepping up and calling the play-by-play on Daily Dodge TV. Yeah, he did a he did a really good job. I mean, he was it was for for people who uh, maybe aren't as familiar with the sport. I thought it, it had kind of an instructional tone to it, so you could watch and and appreciate and understand what was actually happening. Um, and he was explaining it, did a great job working with uh, with Tronson on that. So really, really thought that was uh, was was really pretty cool. You know, you cover a lot of hockey too. I don't want to understate this. Um, as far as the boys hockey program is concerned, I mean, it's we're standalone Beaver Dam right now, and um, that's one. It's kind of unusual to be able to do that. Um, and you know, number we don't necessarily have numbers on our side. We've got a lot of talent, a lot of commitment on our side, um, and, and they're competing against these cooperative programs with combined enrollments of anywhere between like three and five thousand kids of combined enrollments, and our kids are mm-hmm. Beaver Dam, yeah, you know, eleven hundred, and that you know that's that's who we're representing. Um, so in many respects, just from a size and a draw standpoint. Um, they're kind of I don't want to say that they're underdogs because they're extremely talented, but it is a it is a unique niche. One other thing before we dive into um, our school of the month, the Red Kettle concert um, I thought was amazing um, this year. It, it it always is, and one of our school board members actually Joanne Tijeski kind of helps uh, spear, really spearhead and coordinate that, and she partners with some of our other community organizations like Kiwanis to help kind of bring bring events like that together for our community. But just the amount of staff. And even students, but I staff in particular, um, current staff, retired staff, other staff that performed at that concert, whether it was in a, a duet, um, whether it was part of um, maybe their their church choir, it's awesome, you know. Um, and maybe selfishly for me, but like you look up there and you see teachers and and support staff and other people who are singing and sharing the talent they have to kind of bring that 
that Christmas cheer to the community. So it was a wonderful, wonderful event. Awesome. Again, I always encourage people to go to the district's website, and there's a there's a calendar of activities and events, and you can always just take a look at what's going on over there. And uh, there's always something in some in a school somewhere that that is open to the public, and you can just go and enjoy things things like that. And you'll be entertained and also learn a little bit. And uh, you know, they're learning a little bit over at Wilson Elementary as well, and they're they're they, school of the month. They are they are a school of the month. Um, Wilson, they're learning more than a little bit. But um, you know, for for folks that aren't familiar, you know, Wilson's are. It's, is, is now our only single section elementary school. So they've got a little over 100 kids. Um, they, uh, they really perform at a very, very high level. So um, they're considered a five-star school. So that's the most you can get it from a rating standpoint. So significantly exceeding expectations um, on their report card. So outstanding performance, great staff, great kids, really nice um, culture. So Mrs. Jansma's over there. She's the she's a principal, and um, just really good, really good focus, really good community over there, and 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 Wilson. And again, all of our our elementaries, generally speaking, perform at a very high level, and we've got a lot to celebrate. But that's a little bit about kind of Wilson's um, background, um, and and one of the things that's nice about about them, you'd think like, hey, we're significantly exceeding expectations. You know, we don't need to maybe focus on, you know, X or Y as much, right? Now, that's not the case. I mean, this is this school, like all of our schools, are doubling down on their academic performance. They're doubling down on their English and language arts. They're doubling down on their mathematics performance and really trying to make sure that they're moving the needle forward. The needle's always going to move. So if you don't move it forward, it's going to move back. Um, so they've really made that commitment. They've got a great school success plan in, in place to do that. And something else that they're really doing is they're really trying to increase and improve some of that school culture and that climate and that sense of belonging. It's always a nice opportunity with a little bit smaller um, learning community to do that. But there's a number of thematic activities and opportunities that they put together kind of by month um, where they bring the kids together as, as maybe part of an incentive program or kind of a shared effort. And that's been really, really, uh, really awesome to see. And something else that um, I think is is kind of neat. Um, they're actually kind of in the phases of starting up a, a new club for their school that's going to be unique to their school, uh, which is going to be a sign language club, uh, which is which I think is super awesome. Some of our other elementaries have things like um, you know a multicultural club or a Spanish club, for example. We've seen things like that, but the the sign language club and there's interest in doing that, and I think that's a really nice opportunity for that school. It's great just to see the things that are innovative out. You know, Mrs. Jansma is doing over there, and you're right. I think there'd be a lot of interest with sign language for kids. You know, and uh, just to be able to communicate communicate effectively with uh, you know whoever you come across in everyday life yeah kids love to communicate they love to move you know it's yes. an opportunity to to really do both at the same time so that's that's pretty uh, that's pretty awesome you know the other thing um, you know I always get asked about um, relative to Wilson elementary is you know how long is Wilson elementary going to be Wilson elementary um, and, you know, I guess my question or my, my response to that usually is, well, you know, I, I don't necessarily know. We we look at kind of the enrollment picture of our whole district, and, and there's always kind of a lot of moving parts. And I, I think I see the Wilson Elementary campus itself continuing to serve probably an important niche in the or in the foreseeable future. Exactly what that layout is, I, I don't necessarily know. But I remember when Wilson Elementary was being talked about, um, this was back bef- um, right around the time or slightly before the South Beaver Dam uh, closure took place. You know, there was a, obviously a concern in the community that if the district ever did migrate away from that campus, that you know, you'd be left with this building in that community, and that wouldn't necessarily add value to, to to their experience there. And I just don't see that that happening. 
Um, I think the district has demonstrated that they care a great deal about the 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 quality of what what we're putting forward for folks, the quality of our capital investments, um, and we wouldn't ever want to contribute, regardless of where the journey takes us, as it relates to Wilson, three, five, seven years from now. Our district, our school board, doesn't want to contribute to any type of blight or anything that would devalue a community. And I just want to make sure people understand that that's something that's that's top of mind, uh, care and concern for our school board when we when we think forward and start to kind of do some planning. But as it is right now, Wilson's doing a great job, great staff, um, awesome kids, great families. And hey, the only school might be the only school in history. Um, that has two brand new streets uh, that that, that bookended. So <laughs> either way you go, uh, right along Wilson Elementary, last summer we had a new road put in on one side, and trust me, it wasn't for the school. Um, and then uh, <laughs> this past summer, another one, and they've navigated two experiences with road construction to start the year, and now they've got two brand new streets, one on each side of the building. Like, so that's pretty exciting. When my kids were younger, they're always fascinated because they share their <laughs> no, they share their block with with uh, with a private school. Yeah, and they they're always like. So do the kids, can the kids talk to each other through the fences at recess and things like that? Can they pass notes through the fence? I'm like, they probably could if they wanted to. I've observed, I've observed some things and it's all good. It's all good fun. But I think, uh, I, I just, based on the timing, I don't think there's a ton of interaction, but there are opportunities for them to collaborate. That's <laughs> what, if, sure. what if we kick a ball over the top of the fence, Dan? <laughs> they give it back? I'm well, like, now you have snow on the ground. I don't know how that works. <laughs> uh, we're so. talking with Beaverdam Unified School District Superintendent Mark Stefano. I'll have to take a quick break. You're going to come back and talk a little bit about early learning and child care within the district. It's uh, 1130 at 95.3 WBEV. Dive deeper into the local headlines with Community Comment with Craig Warmbold. Weekday afternoons at 1235 on 95.3 WBEV. Powered by Daily Dodge. Hey, hey, it's Stacy with Slumberland, Beaver Dam, and Watertown. We've got our final week of our Thanksgiving Black Friday sale. We've got dining sets as low as $499 and rock recliners available in two colors as low as $298. If you're a little chilly this season, take advantage of our fireplaces and all the huge discounts. They're on sale right now for as little as $598. If you need lamps or accessories, we're the place to shop. So shop local and save big with us with our final week of our Thanksgiving Black Friday sale. Hi, I'm Sean Cleary. I'd like to take a quick 30 seconds and talk to you about the most important part of a Cleary building, the foundation. Without it, you won't be able to stand the test of time. At Cleary, our foundation is made up of some truly amazing people. Our Cleary family rises to the challenge every day, and it shows when that shamrock is applied. So if you are looking for a new challenge in our all-new corporate office or out on the construction site, join the Cleary family today by clicking on careers at clearybuilding.com. The deer have been harvested and the votes have been counted. And the grand prize winner of the Great Deer Hunter Contest at DailyDodge.com is Dave Brom of Beaver Dam. Dave wins a $250 gift certificate to Seed Extreme and $200 to Fleet Farm and Beaver Dam Food Pride. Second place went to Ryan Brown and third place is Carlos Garcia. You can still look at all of this year's entries on the Verlo Contest page at DailyDodge.com. Congratulations to Dave Brom, the grand prize winner of the Great Deer Hunter Contest. From the Metalcraft Studio, this is your hometown station, WBEV. It is 11.32 at 95.3 WBEV as we bring back in Beaverdam Unified School District Superintendent Mark DiStefano talking about some things going on across the district. Now, I'm disappointed I didn't see a picture of you in the deer hunting contest with the what? Did you got like a 30-pointer? Is that what you shot? <laughs> 
No, I don't know how many officials points it, it would have had, but it. Uh, I, I think it was 11, okay, maybe 12 if you wanted to argue it. But. Did your daughter? My daughter, my daughter, my daughter shot a nice, a, a nice buck on uh, Sunday of, of opening day, and that was pretty awesome for a lot of reasons. But you know, she came back from college uh, for opening weekend, which kind of warmed my heart. I didn't even beg her to do mm-hmm. that. Uh, she just something she wanted to do, so that was pretty special. Well, I, I and com- she took a much better picture yeah. than I did. Well, at, at the Fine Arts Night over at the middle school last night, I, I guess I mentioned on the radio trying to count the points on Dave's deer. Mm-hmm. I only said. It was a 10-pointer, and his uh, wife, Angie, came up to me and said, no, it's a 12-pointer. He wanted to make sure you knew that. Oh, that's awesome. So, yeah, yeah, people are particular about is. their points. It, it is. Hey, <laughs> early learning in child care, it's an important part of the educational process, isn't it? And that's something you really stress here in Beaver Dam. Yeah, you know, we've been, and we've been really in the early learning um, you know, game for for a long time. So I think when people think of early learning, I think generally they'll think of like 4K, for example. So we've 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 partnered with uh, community folks, and we've got community sites. We've offered 4K for several years, well over a decade, um, and it's been a really positive experience. And we currently have both. Um, we've got some full day. Um, it's just piloting it this year, full day 4K, and we also have you know either AM or uh, PM 4K opportunities, uh, both in some of our schools and then some of our community sites, which are hosted at different locations, such as you know, the YMCA or um, SKDS, for example, or uh, community care. So, um, And then there's other early learning experiences, too. There are pre-K um, experiences, and uh, for some of our younger kids who might have some uh, developmental opportunities that we want to help support and address to help set them up for success when they transition into a more formal school setting. So we've been doing some of those things for a long time, but as you're probably well aware, and I know that you guys have talked about it here and there on the radio probably over the last couple of years, but in particular this past year, there's a real child care shortage um, in our in our community, in our state. It's, it's really an issue um, at the state and national level. And um, there's a lot of different, there's a lot of different reasons um, for that, but, but essentially, you know, they're just aren't enough child care providers out there for for folks. And at the same time, what's going on is that our our companies and our businesses are constantly looking for, you know, more employees and and more people that that they need to support the work that we want to do. So I I think and and we think as a district, there might be a real nice opportunity for us to be part of some of those child care solutions in our community proper, you know, and we're really good with educating younger children um, we're, we're, we're good at taking care of, of kids and we've got some experts in the community. So what we're doing right now is we're kind of in this assessment and planning for childcare opportunities to support our student staff and community needs. And, and what that might look like right now is, you know, can we do some things from a childcare standpoint and maybe we, maybe we start small, um, and maybe it addresses some of our own staff needs and demands and then that alleviates some pressures on some of our current child care providers to be able to offer more opportunities for other folks that aren't necessarily our staff. So as an employer, you know, and we have over 460 employees, if we can help support the child care need and demand in our community, we can help support freeing up more space and availability for other folks to access child care opportunities. Because right now, our staff are using some of those mm-hmm. in our community, in other communities that they might live in. Is uh, Are there a lot of school districts that offer child care in some capacity or partner with people? 
So when we think of um, child care in the sense that I'm talking about yeah. it, not so much. Mm-hmm. So because I'm thinking of, you know, infant, toddler, before they're in school, you know, they're not at the age where they're in school yet, kind of for the duration of the workday, for example. So you don't see that as much. Um, what you do see and what we have had in place, um, and we've partnered with the Y for a long time on this, and it's been a great partnership, is we have wraparound care opportunities uh, for all of our students and, and families that they can, those wraparound opportunities, are they're, they're hosted in our schools. Um, and then folks can partner with those entities and their child can basically go from, hey, they've ended class, but, you know, mom or dad's not done with work till X amount of time. They can stay at school and, and be provided with this wraparound care. So the elements of child care um, and those wraparound pieces, those are probably more com- – well, those are, you know, more common. But actually getting into the, the child care business proper um, is not and, – and one of the other nice things about this is – um, not only will this help, um, it's not going to fix it, right? But not only will this help alleviate some of the, the bottleneck and create more opportunity from a community standpoint uh, by us being able to address things in this first step probably with our staff, um, is it, it is really, as an employer, it's a value add, right? It's a value add if your employer has child care opportunities. And if we can partner and, and make that those opportunities very convenient, uh, affordable, all those things. We see that as an opportunity for us. And, and like our employers here in this community, it's we have an obligation to try to attract and retain the best people we can to the Beaver Dam community. And and this this would be one of them. So we're ex- we're excited with kind of this journey we're on. It's it's not it's not a quick switch. Um, it's not necessarily going to be easy. And we're not experts, you know, at at this childcare proper. But we have experts in our community that we're likely going to be partnering with. So what's the timeline for figuring out exactly what you need to do to get this thing rolling? And then obviously, what is your envision if everything goes where you want, where you could you know, maybe launch it? You said preliminary launching on a smaller scale before it, it, it turns into you know, what the full envisionment of this would be. Right. Well, my goal here is to, is to say a lot and then not say anything yeah. at the same time. No, <laughs> I'm kidding. So... Um, you know, I, I think um, one of the most important things for under for us to understand right now is to fully understand really what we don't know mm-hmm. about it uh, because because we don't have that level of expertise with it, um, with just kind of the process or the entities. And I would envision that, you know, we might not um, get into the child care business um, as, as an entity ourselves, but I could see us partnering, um, you know, with kind of you know, experts and then supporting them and being able to provide this um, and and hosting some of the other services, um, staff realities that they might have to typically overcome. But for us, um, you know, I would I would say at the earliest, we'd probably have an opportunity. We could have an opportunity maybe, you know, next year on a smaller scale um, for, let's say, infants. Okay. These are hypotheticals, but that would be the earliest, you know, small scale, you know, for the fall of 23, for maybe some 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 of our um, staff infants, um, I would say at the latest we'd have an opportunity in place by the 24 mm-hmm. you know school year, um, and then I think it, it there's a natural opportunity to kind of grow it over time, right? So if you started with like infant or like infant toddler, then you'd move into kind of those upper age levels for childcare, right? And you just kind of flow annually as that group or those groups of kids that you're serving and those families continue to age. 
Sure, you know, it's one of those things where you hear stories of, like, in, in larger metropolitan areas about, sure. you know, struggles with people to find child care and all aspects of it. But that does trickle down to communities our size because it's it's kind of proportional, probably, the amount of places available. And that's, you know, what do you do if you can't find a place for your, your child to go because you have to go to work? Most well, most people have to go to work, right? And it's a it's a real issue. It's a real issue for, for some of our staff. It's a real issue for some of our employers. I, I mean, I can think of one, uh, you know, that I, I'm pretty sure you guys partner with, like Richie Liu. Um, you know, the other employers, um, and I'm not going to speak for these other employers, but finding and having quality child care opportunities that are sustainable for their staff is paramount for their ability to have the staff to provide the product um, in our community. And that's all part of the connectedness here, right? That's all part of the, the connectedness of our, of our community's growth, of our community's um, economic stability, um, you know, of the, the kind of the, the, the quality of the community experience that we have, um, you know, we have to have the ability for there to be child care. And I'm certainly, you know, and some people make that decision. I think it's, it's wonderful, you know, where, and they're able to be home. Um, but we see kind of the, the home realities and the family dynamic, um, you know, it's changed in the United States a little bit over time. So you see, you know, see more of both parents are working, you see less, um, you know, parents staying home for a period of time. Um, so we want to make sure that we, you know, honor some of those opportunities and, and kind of that that shift um, to help support the community as a whole. So pretty excited about it. So what we're, we've, we've had a number of conversations with some of our local partners and experts. We've garnered a great deal of context and insight, um, which is really pretty awesome. Because um, I've, I mean, selfishly, I've learned a ton um, with this. So I'm um, excited about that. And then we'll kind of we'll kind of tee some things up and provide some formal background for our board's operation committee in January. So typically how the flow works would be that, you know, we would kind of vet things and get feedback through our board's committees first. Um, so we'll plan on doing that in, in January. And, and some of what we're able to do, Wade, mm-hmm. you know, might actually depend a little bit. I know we've talked about it before. Might actually depend on some of our other capital um, challenges, particularly, you know, um, funding, okay, um, and we're hopeful that state funding is going to improve a little bit. Um, some of it might might um, hinge upon a little bit of our, our facility study and what we're going to do with the facilities we have because having the correct space for something like this and nesting it in a great location for families, um, you know, is, is, is also very important. You know, attracting the best and the brightest, that's only an added value, like you mentioned, you know, find the best and the brightest teachers and educators and support staff and such around. So they look forward to seeing how that moves along. You mentioned full day 4K. Is that, or do a lot of places run full day 4K? And it's been so long since my kids, and I don't think, actually my kids weren't in kindergarten. They came in first grade in this district. It, kindergarten is full day here in Beaver Dam? Kindergarten is full day. Um, most 4Ks are um, either AM or PM. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we do have one section um, that's kind of been our, our pilot at this point in time at Jefferson Elementary. It's a full day 4K. Um, it's 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 really it's neat. You know, it's it's different. It's neat. I think it's a great opportunity for kids to have some high quality um, structured experiences throughout the day. And we've got to remind people that full day 4K doesn't necessarily mean that they're getting like twice as much exposure to uh, letters or numbers, you know, or doing things, we'll say academic, right? Um, 
you know, but it is going to mean that they have more um, structured opportunity for collaborative play and other engagements and understanding kind of how to be a, a, a little person that, you know, is uh, successful and understands how things work and understands how to share and understands how. So those those types of things are definitely value add. We're seeing it grow a little bit. Um, you know, it obviously helps a little bit with the, with the families if they're kids in 4K all day because they don't have to be in childcare the other half of the day. But I don't see us uh, being a district where that's only, I mean, we, we like having options for our families. We want our families and our parents to be able to make some decisions. Um, and that's one of the things that we did. And with our full day 4K, we put it out there um, for folks and they were able to make a choice, make an informed choice that, hey, yeah, that's something I want. To get a nap time, that's my own question because I'd love Of course. That. Well, because, see, my daughter, one of my daughters, Olivia, who's in seventh grade, had to give a persuasive speech. And she, her persuasive speech topic, maybe early November, was that the district should implement nap time for everybody K through 12 in yeah. their school day. Well, I, I <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, we could probably find research on that. I actually <laughs> saw an article, it was probably the worst titled article I've seen, and I apologize for whoever wrote it. Um, but it was something to the effect of kids learn how to do nothing at school. And I'm like, you know, that's probably not a good sell, right? Sure. People reading that. But what they were talking about was kids having kind of some type of relaxing, meditative, reflective time um, during the school day, which, you know, maybe isn't completely all bad. And I think some kids do do that. Some of them just choose to do that in the middle of class. Wasn't that Mr. P every Friday in the Beaverdam Unified School District? Back in the day. Yeah, we could do Remember, we could do a whole special we, on we, that. We did. We took calls in the morning show by people calling with Mr. P memories maybe a year mm-hmm. ago. And phone lines never stopped writing about the stories of playing the rock album of the, de- of the I'm day. I'm pretty sure it was once a week. Was it? Was it, it was every Friday. Every Friday. Yeah, every yeah, Friday. Yeah. Was, For whatever reason, it was every Friday. I don't know what happened Thursday night, but it was every Friday. So that's there. But again, it's just it's just the evolving of you know education. And uh, again, we'll be on the lookout and look forward to hearing more about your you know, the early learning and the child care. Because uh, that's a big thing for the district, you know, when 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 it kind of gets implemented, you it, get your T's crossed and your eyes dotted. It it could be it could be really really wonderful for um, for our community as a whole for our staff. Um, yeah, so looking looking forward to the promise of that, and um, that we've we've got a ways to go in many respects, but I, I think we've got a path to get there. Talk with Beaver Dam Unified School District Superintendent Mark DeStefano here. Now, again, we got about a week left, a week and a day left before we head to. Uh, they don't have school. I think we have school next Friday, right? Yeah, we go yes, we do. I've had feedback on that, but yes, we no, do. No, I, I like it, though, because the 24th is still a, it's a Saturday, so you can take care of your stuff there. Yeah, but, that's uh, good. Yep, but, through the 23rd. So, yeah, through the 23rd, but uh, obviously student staff gearing up for one final week of being educated, and then obviously they're off for some time, so people got to, you know, settle into that routine as well. Yeah, you know, I think... <laughs> You know, anytime you have unstructured time, and I'm, I'm hopeful that a lot of it is structured and people are able to spend some extended time with, you know, family and, and connect and, and do those types of things. But, you know, with that unstructured time, I just think it's a good reminder, too, for us and as parents to to make sure that, you know, we're we're keeping the appropriate tabs and expectations for our kids in place. Um, you know, and I, I think about safety a little bit, and I think about safety, I think about online safety. Um, I think about that with some of the extended downtime and, and this time of year. Um, I also think about, you know, other, other forms of safety, whether driving, but um, and, and to you, and I'm sure you guys will reference it, and maybe the, the sheriff or fire department will come on and remind folks of it, and maybe you guys already had, but, you know, we got a lot of kids that ice fish. 
that always makes me so nervous. I remember when my dad was a was a, a, a principal back in the day, and 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 one of his students. Um, uh, one of his students, well, a group of them were out, but one of his, his students had fallen through the ice. And, you know, it, it, ice fishing's great. I love ice fishing. Um, but, you know, you got to be safe. You've got to take precautions. You got to be mindful. And, and our kids just sometimes, you know, they just kind of have this, they don't have any fear and they don't worry about stuff, but it's still kind of that early ice season. Um, so I just really want folks to, whatever they're doing, just be conscientious, safety first um, and, and think about those things and, and make sure you're checking in with your kids and you know what they're doing. So, um, yeah, I just, I, I, I worry a lot about those things. I know the parents do too, but you know, I just like this morning, you know, we, I, two inches of snow, it's just slushy. We're, we should be fine, but we've got over 788 kids that are riding 28 bus routes. So, you know, there's a little bit of back of mind anxiety with that, just hoping everything goes well. And I, I hope everybody's uh, has the opportunity to have a safe and, and wonderful holiday break. Yeah, you know, and I talked to my uh, my ice fishing experts, the, the diehards for the fishing report that we have on Fridays. They're not none of those guys are on these. They're all painting baits, and one guy was pulling line for next spring because he's like, yeah. I'm not gonna think of ne- mid next week. I guess it's supposed to be ice supposed to be a little bit better. Correct. Yeah, and with the cool temperature, so it's going to match up right with the break when people are going to first feel decent about getting on the ice, which means you're going to have, yeah. And I don't want this to be a whole no, ice fishing no, safety show, no. but just yeah. thinking about those things. We put a bunch of teenagers on. I love these kids, and um, you know, it's just let's let's just be smart. You know, when we're we're going out there, and um, you know, other safety tip too. Um, I just wanted to reference for everybody, and I, I'm again, I, I know this comes up in the news, but uh, I was with. Uh, Peter Warwick, our district facility and safety officer, he and I were up in Oshkosh not too long ago, and we got to hear some presentations from um, the Department of Justice as well as uh, uh, an FBI expert that deals um, that deals with like internet safety and um, you know the issues that are rampant with that. But just update your passwords, folks. Like update your passwords. Make sure they're appropriately complicated. Don't share them. Don't overuse the same one if you haven't done it in a while because it's amazing how often um, and how overt and deliberate all this attempted, you know, hacking and violation of our attempted violations of our privacy and of of our finances is taking place. And people need to update that stuff. So we remind our staff of that. Remind our community of that. Make sure you're doing those things. When it comes to community outreach and things like that, a few things you're looking for as well. Well, I just think yeah. uh, people are going to be around family, yeah. and um, they're going to see folks continue to celebrate Beaver Dam, continue to celebrate um, our community, and there's a lot of opportunities here in Beaver Dam. We've got a lot of kids that are going to be back from college uh, for an extended period of time, and uh, they're going to be here um, as community members. Um, some of them are going to be working in our schools, great college job opportunities, helping support some of our TA uh, vacancies that we have, so continue to celebrate those things and continue to look out for one another. Yeah. One other thing I want to mention too, I know Craig Warmbold's working on it for a community comment, just like trying to schedule the people in the right places, but the Beaver Dam High School Band celebrating 100 years this year. Unbelievable. And uh, I know, talking to uh, Mr. Hendrickson, he's looking to come in. He's got some, I guess he got stories and pictures, working with Rich Zeman, and we're going to do a full hour, hour and a half show on the history of that the 100-year anniversary of the band. Awesome. So it was good timing. We got those new unis last year. <laughs> exactly. So they it, can wrap uh, them. I'm Mark DiStefano, superintendent of the Beaver Dam Unified School District. Yep. I appreciate you always coming in once a month to uh, break down all the great things going on in our district. And I have three children in the district at the middle school right now. I absolutely love what's going on. And uh, they always have stories coming home every day of different ways that they are engaged in. No, <laughs> engaged in, in what they always ask them, what did you learn today? Every Don't. single day, and they always have something. 
Yep, there's a there's a lot of great going on, and and I appreciate you and other folks celebrating that. And um, thank you to our community for continuing to uh, to support us and celebrate um, our schools and public schools. And a reminder too, on Wednesdays, walking Wednesdays are in effect. Um, up until uh, I think March or mid-March, so between 6.30 and 8.30 every Wednesday. If uh, you're looking for a nice, warm, comfortable, awesome place to, to walk, uh, the field house is yours. So bring your bring your license, check in with Kathy Hupp, one a wonderful person, and uh, she'll take care of you and you get to take a walk. Oh, so. I have no excuse now. I can't use the winter for... No, not, Wednesdays, not, not I'm not telling you. And people come like they'll go, they'll come either right before or right after church. Some people aren't going to church on Wednesdays. So whatever it is, whatever works for you. Uh, but there's a two hour window and some folks are taking advantage of it. Um, it's a great, healthy thing to do. And you paid for it, you use it. Mark DeStefano, Beaver Dam Unified School District Superintendent. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. No talk in January. Yeah, you too. Thanks, Wade. This is 95.3 WBEV, powered by Daily Dodge. The preceding program was a paid presentation. The views and opinions expressed are not necessarily those of Good Karma Brands, its management, or employees.